Hi, and welcome to Sacred Reading at Brandon High School on the very last day of school with Patron Saints of Nothing in Season 4, The End of the Book. I'm Miss Huff, and I have a guest with me again. Hi, I'm Mrs. Bohr. <laughs> Happy to be here again. So we're going to chat about the end of the book that made me feel so many things and made tears just stream down my face, um, much like Jay, who spends most of the end of the book crying. But I, this book is about loss and is well about moving forward. And I think that's right in this time. Yeah. So I want to talk about a quote on page 265. It is after Grace and Jay are sitting in Grace's family's bedroom at her grandparents' house. And Jay has just found the letters and they've had that conversation. So they're, they're hugging together. And he says, we stay that way for a few minutes. I wonder at our hidden depths. We all have the same intense ability to love running through us. It wasn't only June. But for some reason, many of us don't use it like he did. We keep it hidden. We bury it until it becomes an underground river. Until we barely remember it's there. Until it's too far down to tap. So the literal context here is that Jay has said that Grace now feels like a sister to him. And he's wondering at the fact that, like, even his real sister and his real brother, they don't, like, sit and hug and comfort and cry. But, of course, this is a mourning, and so it's more. But because of what they've gone through together, he feels this depth of emotion at the surface, and so does Grace. And they've shared this moment together that feels very real. So literally, he's just kind of marveling at the fact that he has such connection to her. But allegorically, if we talk about other books and things in the news and movies, what do you see when we talk about this intense ability to love running through us that we keep under the surface? Hmm. To me, it makes me think about this year and about Corona and how we've had to put so many things aside or away and or hide them you know with dealing with a pandemic that there, there's been this I care very much for other people and part of that has been I've worn a mask and I have socially distanced for a year and I have really struggled with everything that's going on and I feel like I've, I've overcome this pandemic and I have people in my life that I feel so much closer to now after having survived this year together. I mean, mm. and so it's like resonating. And, like, and I feel that right now as we're ending school that we've been through a, a year together yeah. <laughs> and we made it. Yeah. And so it's bubbling up for me right now. And all of the things that you had to do to be a teacher in the moment in front of students with all kinds of things going on in the background. Sometimes you do have to push it down yeah. and just be present in this moment with these people. And students have had to do that too. And I think we've all seen the bubbling up where sometimes that river is not so far down. I also see connections to Harry Potter. Okay. So uh, I, have, I have a podcast that inspired this one called Harry Potter and the uh. Sacred Text. Full confession 
I didn't make up these practices. Obviously, they're sacred practices, but it wasn't necessarily even my idea to do them with non-religious texts. Um, It's my idea to do them with texts that reflect our communities Mm -hmm. uh, and to build community off of them. But in the podcast I listened to, they're redoing book one right now. And so they're at the chapter where Harry finds out that he's a wizard. Mm. And they talked a lot about identity and the fact that he is a wizard before he knew it as well. Um, he just didn't know. Right. He was always a wizard. And that the Dursleys, who he lives with, uh, have been trying to stamp that out of him and push it down and ignore all of those things. And that's why he gets all these haircuts and then his hair grows right back and nobody talks about it. And, you know, anytime there's a weird occurrence, they just get mad at him and then move on and don't talk about it. And right. they're trying to push it down and have it be the thing underneath, but it's still there and it's still part of his identity. And it will always be part of his identity. And there's this like massive reckoning when he does finally realize. So, I see that as the thing that we push down that is still part of us. And in Harry, it comes bubbling up all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for anything that we push down and push to the side. You know, I haven't personally, I, with socially distancing for the pandemic, I haven't seen my nephews a whole lot in the past year Mm -hmm. and neither has my daughter. And I loved watching the three of them play together before this pandemic and they really don't get too much right now and for socially distant reasons and for reasons of trying to keep things good at home and being a mother of a young child I try to make things okay at home but there are times when that bubbles up and I just feel sad about what she's missing with her cousins and her family and and the connection she doesn't have right now absolutely I um My cousin, who um, I consider her would be one of my best friends, she had a baby last February. Mm. And her son is now a year old, and I've never met him because they live in New York. And you can't fly. And, yeah, but, but they're coming to visit the first week of June. So in two weeks, we will, I will get to meet my baby cousin and he will get to play with my daughter and the cousins will finally get to meet and play and I'm so looking forward to that like everything is bubbling up now like I feel like for me it's like I've, I've had to squash so much over this past year and and I see the end the light at the end of the tunnel I see like the end like the return to a normal you know it might be a different normal than we once envisioned but it's um yeah, I, I see it. Uh, I see good things in the future. And, you know, also, as we connect to other texts, the interesting thing that I completely love in my podcast is that we're using Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And the podcast has been using Harry Potter for years, years and years. And about a year ago, the author came out very transphobic. Mm-hmm. And speaking of undercurrents that run deep and what's happened, the community around that podcast and the fan community around Harry Potter has largely basically said no to her. Yeah. And my community in the podcast has really rallied support for people who feel marginalized 
and that that's kind of the whole point in the books is that Harry has felt marginalized yes. and and so so many people have always found that a comforting book and read and I love as things bubble to the surface and you have to confront and just like they go after Tito Manning like you have to confront these feelings the community in my podcast has said we stand with the marginalized no matter who you are we stand with those who are trans and they have made a commitment that while we continue to love the original texts and use them and work with them we will not support any more money going to the author and there's a very clear line and division there and they talk openly about how the books very often argue very clearly against what the author has said. Right. Well, this thing, I, I, I remember reading the Harry Potter books, and actually the way I got turned on to the Harry Potter books when I was a child was my cousins, the same cousins that now live in New York, we would read them in the car on our summer trips to North Carolina to go mm -hmm. visit our grandmother. And I remember reading Harry Potter and feeling like, wow, there's, there's a world for everyone. Like there's, there's a place for everyone in the world and you might feel different. You might feel like this isn't your place, but maybe that's because you haven't found your place yet. Like you haven't gotten your invite to Hogwarts and just, you just gotta, you gotta give it time, you know? And then it, it, it's, it's available for you somewhere. We all have a place in the world. We just have to find it. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And that is partially why I love those books. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, everybody wants to be invited to Hogwarts. Of course they do. I, was, I wanted to be invited to Hogwarts so bad. I still want to really? be invited. Yes. If I got my invite today, I would go. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, so we've talked about personally mm -hmm. how we feel this and in text. And as we think about a call to action, I really feel like what we're saying is twofold. Both that sometimes the undercurrent bubbling up is sad and has been sad and there have been lots of emotions but that it is nice at the end of that just as jay has this memorial service with his family and then goes back home and is able to have this positive bubbling up with his dad mm -hmm. and they can move forward and it feels good mm -hmm. that's kind of where we all feel to be yes and also that it is important to say the things, to live authentically. Like, that's my lesson in this book. I don't want to be too much like June because he overdid it. Way overdid it. Uh, it was all about the selfless, and in, eventually he sacrificed himself to drugs. Right. You have to take care of yourself. Yes. In order to, in take, order to take care of others. But being more empathetic and seeing the human in everyone is something I want to do more of. And saying that there is a place for everyone, no matter who you are or how marginalized or how poor you started or what circumstances you were in, whether it's because you're a wizard or whether it's because you were trafficked or whether it's because you don't have the same amount of money or you just deal with depression. You know, Jay also wonders if June just dealt with sort of a manic depressive nature. And... I feel like we can all work to provide more of a place for everyone. We can all provide some space. We all have this great river and uh, undercurrent in us, this ability to love. Maybe I can use that to open up a little to each person and to provide more space for no matter who you are. And that's going to be my call to action. I love that. Wow. Yeah, I... I've always wanted to, I, I've always seen myself as a teacher and as um, 
having a classroom where I wanted to have a safe space for students. And my room has been that way, you know, this year the, during the pandemic to, you know, a safe space where we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. And I want to continue that. And I want it to, to be more, especially now moving forward, not having to do that social distance, not have to like be worried as much about mm-hmm. those things, but have that safe space. To be able to give a kid a hug again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to hug people. <laughs> we all need more hugs. We do. Um, and more smiles. I want to see people's smiles. Mm-hmm. So I hope that everybody gets vaccinated so they too. can do that. I know. I'm already vaccinated. <laughs> Me so. too. <laughs> Yay. We can, we can smile at each other and hug each other. and That be will good. be wonderful. Um, I hope you guys are bubbling up towards the end and happiness as well. Uh, and I hope that you can provide more space and room for each other over the summer and into the future. And come give us a hug next year when you're vaccinated and everything's good. Yay. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for reading with me. And thank you for talking with me. Thank you for having me. Have a great summer. Bye, guys.